Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be having our first episode with two guests, Sammy and Tatenda, co-founders of Amalipay. Amalipay's vision is to financially empower millions of freelancers, gig economy workers, and self-employed workers across the African continent. For the first time on the African continent, gig economy workers in the ride hailing space are able to access bespoke financial services that powers their work, drives productivity, and allows them to earn more from their work. Hello, how are you guys doing? Welcome. Hi, Stacey. Hey, Stacey. Welcome to the podcast. How's this week been, guys? Been very good, Stacey. Busy for us. Uh, frantic start to the new year. Um, how are you doing? How's your year going? It's been good. I think same on this side. I just assumed everyone's going to spend their January gather, gathering their bearings, but no, everyone's ready to go. They know their hiring plans, which is great for us, um, but it's it's so exciting seeing so many fintechs grow. What's on the cards for you guys in 2022? Yeah, actually, speaking of that, we've been working with your colleagues quite a lot, uh, Meg and the team. So we are also hiring quite a few key roles. They've been very helpful. Um, uh, the talent of the cloud team. So a lot of new hires um, in Nigeria and uh, Kenya for us. We've also set up South Africa as of the end of last year. And we already have uh, quite a few customers and transactions that have been powered there. Uh, for the year, a lot of exciting new partnerships and just growing our customer pool, both end customers and gig platforms um, to embed our solutions further to that audience. Uh, so very frantic here. We want to build upon the successes of 2021. <laughs> I love that you use the word frantic. Um, I would want my life to be nothing but frantic. I think that means all good things. But before we dive <laughs> any deeper, I would just love to learn more about the business and then essentially what led you to build it and then the career journey leading up to it. Tatenda, do you want to go for it? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Stacey. So yeah, Imali Pay um, was, was an interesting journey that we began, uh, Sami and I. Um, my career is taking me through the U.S. where I was involved in some startups at a very young age. Um, I'm from Zimbabwe and um, the U.S. is where I went for college. I then did the U.K. for a bit um, and worked for Celluland prior to that. Uh, then returned to Celluland but in Kenya and I was able to reconnect with, with Sami um, and in, as he was part of the executive team. Um, he was based out of Nigeria. I was in Nairobi. Um, and Imalipay really was birthed by seeing a big problem around Uber and Bolt drivers in Nairobi, always running out of money for fuel uh, or gas. Um, and I called Sami, I said, Sami, I think this is the idea we've been trying to work on for many years. I'd known him for a long time before that. Um, and said, look, if I'm going to walk this journey with you, let's do it together. Like, this is the plan. Um, how do we brainstorm and come up with a solution that actually solves problems for uh, millions of African freelancers and gig workers. So that journey, Stacey, began end of 2019. Um, and Sami had left Cellulant then. I only left Cellulant uh, September 2020 to join him on the journey. And we began out of Nigeria. Um, so providing financial services to safe border riders in Nigeria. Um, and that's really the genesis of Imali Bay. I love it. I love it. Sami, I want to hear your story. Let's go. I'm excited. <laughs> no, it's pretty interesting, Stacy. Um, look, Tatena and I, when I joined Cellulant in uh, 2015, um, the first week of joining Cellulant, I had to do a quick trip to Kenya where country managers were meeting um, and we were planning for the new year. We were planning for 2016. And um, I met Tatena at that, uh, at that meeting. 
Um, we, we hit it off very quickly. Tatena was one of the few people, uh, well, not the few, Tatena was one of the people I was able to, you know, have a good conversation with during that uh, time. We were basically locked away in a very nice part of uh, Nairobi, Nairobi for three days, and it was really fun. Um, and then Tatenda disappeared for about uh, for a while, and I was like, uh, "Where did this young man go?" Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, later finding out that he went back for his uh, Shivanin scholarship, his masters in uh, in the UK. But look, one thing that we always did was we we were always sharing ideas. Tatenda would see things, and thank God for technology. Um, we he would see things, he would share with me, "Hey, see what these guys are doing. This is pretty interesting. This is great." Um, I would do the same. Uh, and it, we kind of felt like we were going somewhere with it, but it wasn't, it wasn't basically defined. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Tatenda uh, had this issue of, uh, had several times had issues of carbs running off, out of fuel, uh, moving him around Nairobi. And it was like, hey, Summit, there's something here we need to explore. And then we started doing some research and all. And, and you know, when we, when we decided that this is something we really, really need to explore, um, there's something interesting in this space. I was telling Tatiana like that, you know what? I wanted to actually tell you uh, I was on my way out of uh, Settleland then. Uh, it, been a, mm. it had been a very good journey. And um, yeah, and uh, here we are today. I'm very excited to be working with him. Um, and uh, I believe we make a very good team. I love it. What attributes did you notice in each other which like sent alarm bells of this needs to be my business partner? Sammy, what did you see? I guess maybe um, his uh, scholarship help um, <laughs> strategy, <laughs> particularly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Tatena is very strategic. Um, we the first thing was basically, you know, you, sometimes you just meet people and you just connect. We connected at that very first meet in, in Nairobi. And um, after that, I basically had a lot of respect. I'd always had respect for his approach to things, especially from a strategic point of view, and his ability to go um, above and beyond around uh, setting, you know, goals and um, and ambitions. Um, I was really impressed as, at his approach to, you know, dissecting and and taking up an idea and, or or a situation and looking beyond the what is uh, right in front of your face. And um, I, I felt like, look, if I was going to work with someone, I would love to work with this guy. Um, very cerebral, if I have to say, uh, and I love that about him. And um, again, here we are today. I love it. So, Tenda, you were the one who came up some sort of the business plan, and then you reached out to Sammy. Was he like he was the first person that came to mind? What was the reason for that? Uh, Stacey, you love this, right? So, you already know we had gone to Lagos for. Uh, quarterly business review, you know, a cellular team. I was working as a technical advisor to one of the co-CEOs, Ken Joroge. Sami was chief commercial officer uh, of the Nigeria business and supporting the, the management team. So we went to a beautiful hotel um, in Lagos, Victoria Island. The whole QBR went fantastic. Uh, two days of being grilled by the executive team around your numbers and performance. And then I know on the, yeah. on the Monday, we went to the office to see the office, the Lagos office. And we got there very early, Stacey, like 7 a.m. And there we were, you know, yeah. all the out-of-towners from the other offices hanging around. Then I <laughs> see this guy sitting on a desk with 10, 10 people around him at 7 a.m., <laughs> all wanting something from me. I said, is this Sami? Like, I couldn't really tell what it was. I guess like, yeah, Sami. Weren't we together last night talking late, you know? 
<laughs> and uh, it was the same guy yeah. who at 7 a.m. had seven people around him, all wanting something. And I just said to myself, the Senate Nigeria office is massive, like 100 people, right, um, yeah. at that time. And a larger field sales team of ting agents and all that. And I said, okay, this guy's an operational beast. Like, he knows how to manage yeah. teams, run teams, motivate teams. Um, I'm more of, okay, let's try ideate, let's do something. But I get bored very easily. So I mean, super disciplined, mm. super organized, uh, commands respect out of the teams. And I said, look, in a, in a startup, your left hand, if your right hand is your strongest, you cannot try and make your left hand the strongest. Yeah. You've got to have two hands that are strong. Yeah. Um, and for me, really blessed to be working with Sami. Uh, I also actually pity solo, solo founders. I know you've interviewed a lot yeah. of them, but it's not easy. You need someone yeah. you can talk to, share yeah. with. Um, and play off each other's strengths and weaknesses to actually build out a good management team and drive the business forward. Um, and I think two to three is a sweet spot in terms of co-founders. And for me, Sami was the one I said, look, I just got to work with him. And generally, also emotionally intelligent and easy to work with. Um, takes a step back and understands situations, thinks of the business, not himself, uh, which are very rare skill sets to find. I feel like I'm at a wedding and you guys are giving vows right yeah, now. Yeah. Please allow me to say thank you, Tatenda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keeping keeping on the same topic of relationships, you guys hadn't seen each other in three years and you started this business and built a Mali Pay virtually. This is some sort of a long distance experience, kind of like proposing in a long distance relationship. How was that experience? I don't know many businesses that have started like that. Most people are on the ground together. Um, what was that like? Yeah, Stacey, I'll, I'll give you some feedback. You know, nothing beats starting a business or startup with a former colleague, right? And you hear of all these ex-PayPal mafia, ex-something mafia. It's not uncommon uh, where you see certain people from certain companies mm. branch out, especially in Europe and the US. In Africa, I think it's going to start yeah. to happen a lot more often um, from some of Agreed. the incumbent fintechs. Um, so we are the first of many or already a few who are already gathering steam in some early stage startups. But it's quite organic because you already have a relationship around work of, hey, where are we with this? Where's that? Where do you need help? Right. And when it now comes to sparring and discussing, COVID allowed us a lot of time at home after work and on weekends where you're stuck in the house to basically reach out and speak to people you've not spoken to in years. And for us, that was just the time of, of the whole world that was going through that allowed us to kind of, you know, chat and discuss and explore. Um, and fortunately, we had a backbone that we've been working on this a year already. So we had some momentum around it. So any tips I'll, I'll tell people, look, just have some discipline, um, you know, spirit of sharing ideas, see what other people are doing, jumping on daily calls, um, testing the market, speaking to different mentors and different people. We did that. We spoke to a whole range of people collectively, right? We didn't leave anyone behind in this process. Um, and just having some, rigid, some rigidity and some discipline around we want to speak to so-and-so, so-and-so, this VC, this advisor, this mentor, this executive, um, and continue to work hard and raising capital and all that. So, yeah, I'll just say discipline and just train a passion for it um, is one of the tips. I don't know if Sami has any. No, nothing to add. Thank you. Was, was there anything that was surprisingly challenging? Or it sounds like it was smooth sailing, but I'm sure it, there were hiccups along the way. Is there anything that you learned and now have had to adapt and change? I think Sami can give us this one. I'm, I'm sure the biggest hiccup, I'm sure he knows what that, what is, what is that largely tied to, <laughs> Talk for, to me. For, for startups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, look, it's always going to be around um, being able to have the resources that you need to do your job and mm -hmm. the right people uh, to do it with, right? Um, and um, look, COVID helped a lot. Also, of course, threw up its challenges. Um, in yeah. some cases, look, one of the things we enjoyed from the COVID, respectfully, I respectfully say from that um, period is essentially the fact that we were able to get in front of a lot of people, uh, even mm. people, executives and people in high places who would naturally not, would have been not, I mean, would have been hard to access. Um, but, you know, people just generally had time. And uh, being that yeah. adoption of, uh, you know, electronic channels was, was basically rising. It was easy for people to say, okay, I'll give you 15 minutes of my time. Let's have a call or 30 minutes of my time. So that was really great. I guess one of the things that was, we found as a challenge very early on, of course, our site resources again, because look, you, of course, at some point we had to bootstrap aggressively to get the business to where it is right now. Um, and we're still bootstrapping, right? So don't get me wrong. Um, but in a sense, it's about, you know, that transformation and that transition. It was quite easy for mm -hmm. Tatenda and I to do this because, look, even before we launched the company, we were always on WhatsApp, sharing ideas, talking, and all that. Mm -hmm. And so, when we went into that that uh, period where we were we we basically breathed the company remotely away from each other, um, it basically was seamless, like Tatenda said. But, however, look, when you start to add people to the team, um, of course, yeah. the the relationship starts to evolve and. Um, the, dynam the, the, the dynamism around that was something that we had to quickly get used to. Um, so early challenges, but uh, I guess we're doing really great. Um, of course, he also basically encouraged us to go for the juggler, essentially basically opening up more than one country at a time. I, I, I mean, one, more than one country for the year. Right now, we're in three countries. And I guess, look, if we didn't uh, approach it the way we approach it, basically, you know, starting the company within the period that we did, uh, we probably may not have been so audacious. Um, so positives and negatives. I love it. Our business grew quite a bit during COVID. So it, it grew more than double. And a lot of the people were in a completely different city. So whenever, when even things started opening up, it was still not a possibility to see each other. And it's crazy how you can build this synergy from miles and miles away. Um, it's so interesting getting to meet people after knowing them for years virtually and just getting to know them in a different way. I do think that there is still something so important about that human interaction or that in-person interaction, um, but I can completely see how it's possible to grow a business successfully virtually. I'm excited to to learn more about you guys individually. To tender, you're more of the innovator and love creating new ideas. What does your brainstorm sessions look like? I love brainstorming. Um, it's just something I love creating new ideas and new ways of doing things. What did your brainstorm session look like for Imalapay? Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. 
subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Yeah, Stacey, so no, as, 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 as we discussed earlier, like Imali Pay is on a mission to provide millions of gig economy workers financial services, right, in a personalized and tailored manner. Um, and I think what Sami and I have as a duo, and of course with our management team that we formed and put together, um, is that as sometimes Sami calls me the wacky wizard or something like that. I forgot what word he called me. <laughs> he said, okay. Love <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> to one of our <laughs> colleagues, our head of engineering. Um, and, and the thing is, I'm able to say, okay, hey, have you noticed that, that, that? And then Sami can quickly just piece it together. Like he just mm. quickly designs the flows. And then we continue to add onto that idea and more and more and more, right? So it's not like I don't see where it's going, but he takes it a bit <clears> further and actually can figure out how to commercialize it and, oper- and operationalize it, right? So mm-hmm. brainstorm sessions are just planting the seed. Okay, this is what we've seen, or what do you think about this? Or actually, why don't we go for that? I like looking for blind spots, right? And maybe going mm-hmm. against the grain. Um, I know yeah. that sounds very vague, but when you find the blind spots, then somebody's like, okay, actually, <coughs> why not? Like, why, why don't we disrupt that space or transform that? And actually, this is how I think we can do it. And this is who we need. Um, so the Mali Pay, you know, problem was really something where I saw, you know, coming from the airport from a lovely holiday in the Diani, Diani Beach uh, in Kenya, <laughs> the, cab, the cab runs out of fuel um in the middle of a busy highway and i'm like huh and this happened constantly constantly wow um and then shared it with sami uh and we did a little research and then the then the light bulb just struck and said okay who is this audience these are freelancers self-employed people the buzzword is gig worker right and then started to flesh that out and then do the research and meet the right people to build the business and safe border nigeria at that time that was uh being run by babajide that was our first partner, um, and we were able to do a fantastic pilot with them July 2020 to, uh, to now, to a partner of ours, but that gave us the proof of concept. Um, and then we we're able to pull fundraising from different people, um, leveraging our networks. Do you think it's possible for somebody to build that skill set of being an innovator, of creating ideas, or do you think it's something more innate? I actually never thought I was an idea person and I it's actually limiting oneself if you think like that. I think it's a spirit of trying and failing. I've been in startups two mm. to three in the US, in Zimbabwe, where I failed and failed dismally, you know, but I've had an idea or saw a gap, but that, that the, the momentum of trying and failing, trying and failing actually spurs one to be more innovative. It's actually, it fosters innovation because innovation is truly that, mm. right? It's, doing something new that might work and might not work. Um, so it's something that you can build. It's both a bit of nature and nurture um, and opening, think, opening broadly and thinking, you know, open-mindedly. Um, my travels yeah. also help me. I've lived in different places. Maybe that gives me a bit of exposure yeah. more than others. Uh, but generally that spirit of innovation, trying and failing. So you get certain jobs that require both of you to be creative and then maybe more operational. For somebody that might lean to be naturally more operational minded, what can they do to really exercise the more innovative part of their brain or just become better in that aspect? I think the way we, we look at innovation, um, and if you're operational and you want to be innovative, it really depends on the type of business or place of work. Right, Imali Pay today, just given a practical example, is both B2B and B2C. 
right? We have corporate partners who are gig platforms and we have end customers who are users, who are gig workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a combination of qualitative and quantitative data that can also inform innovation and decision-making. What am I saying? Speaking and engaging closely to your customer base, surveys, discussions, meetings, focus groups, right? What does your customer want? Do they like what you're offering? Um, what do they want to see in the future? Where are you going right? Where are you going wrong? Um, if it's corporate partners, where are you best in class at? Where are you struggling? How can you do better? Right? So letting mm-hmm. data kind of give you a bit of a, a launch pad, right? And then just actually seeing what is global best practice. I always try to take the saying yeah. that, you know, you're not building a rocket. Even Elon Musk was launching rockets. He's doing what NASA has been doing and the Russians have been doing for over 100 years and the Chinese, right? Yeah. Um, he's just making it better. <laughs> and he's making it more efficient. And not just Elon Musk, a lot of the world's billionaires are, are launching rockets, right? Um, and in 2022, the first rockets have been around for the 50, 60 years plus, right? So it's really a matter of what has been done before, what are my customers and my clients looking for, and where can I try to disrupt or innovate and give them something different yeah. and test that in very small doses. Um, so it's really, again, requires discipline, um, but it also requires just a bit of flexibility and daring yeah. yourself and your team to think out of the box, like to flip the script. Like, okay, this is the status quo. What if we redo the status quo? How will that work? Very useful. Thank you so much. That's really, really helpful. So thank you so much. Sammy, you're all about being detailed, growth and operations. You love systems and processes. Tatenda comes to you with this wild idea. How do you start organizing it building systems and processes. What's your formula? Um, thanks, Stacey. That's not, that's not formula really to it. Um, I guess basically, of course, I don't want to say that's how I'm wired, but in a sense, that is how I am wired. Um, <laughs> yes. when, when you look at, um, when you look at um, of course, my experience basically has brought me to this point. Uh, in a sense, I worked with uh, MTN and uh, I worked with Samsung. Um, and Cellulant. And um, for these three organizations, I basically um, was in uh, sales, distribution, and operation. So naturally, um, my uh, I would tilt in that direction. Uh, but if I were to take a step back, I also am a very creative person. Uh, for instance, I play the piano. Um, I'll put this out there. I used to be, I used to flirt with being, a, <laughs> in trying to be a music producer um way no way way back then when i was much much younger <laughs> well i was still in the university learning then. something new yeah so look um it's a bit out of, it's, it's a bit born out of that creativity um always been a creative person always thinking of you know creating things um however working at mtn samsung cellulant basically shaped me and brought the best of that out of me um and so when i hear things like um hear ideas and see things. Uh, and when, for instance, the tender comes to me with some of these uh, crazy thoughts, allow me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 guess, I, guess, I guess why we, we work well together is because I'm, I'm that guy that always sees a way. Not always, but will always try to see a way. Uh, my mind starts forming and shaping. I, I guess it's a bit about the trust I also have, not just in my abilities, but also in the person I'm working with, which is Tatenda. Um, the fact that I know him, he's thought it through, um, and he sees a gap, and um, he's coming to say, hey, what do you think about this? And uh, for me, 
the wheels just start turning. Um, and uh, for me, it's very, I mean, I'm just naturally going to be building out those flows in a minute. Now, um, the flows won't work without the engine or the, the bust that comes before, which is the, the thoughts, the ideas, and the research that goes into it. But yeah. um, I guess that is where Tatenda and I really work, work well together. For me, it's always about um, the minute you, you say that idea, my brain starts to think, how will it work? Um, what are the yes. exposures? What are the, what are the likely um, issues we're going to face? What are the leverages we can take advantage of? And what, do we, what can we do to win? Um, I guess that's how I'm wired. And uh, again, this is why I work well with Tatenda. You guys have such a beautiful partnership. And just before you guys both go, I wanted to say congrats. You're about to close a seed round of funding. I would just love to hear the background on the raise and the importance. Thanks, Stacey. Uh, much appreciated. We will share the figures soon um, in the next two weeks. Uh, but thank you. It's our third fundraise, one would say. We did an angel round when we began. We did a pre-seed round last year. Um, and then we've, we've just uh, yeah, about to close our seed round. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good process. Uh, so far, so good. We've met a lot of like-minded people. Um, and actually, what is exciting about this round is that we've met a lot of big angel syndicates, you know, and I don't think this was really prevalent in the past where mm. high net worth individuals or top executives are coming together and saying, let's invest under an investment vehicle um, in high growth startups, in particular in Africa. Um, I'm sure you've seen the figures of the latest funding for Africa. It just continues where it was in 2018 versus now is almost like what, five to 10x type of things. And um, we've seen a lot of very large angel syndicates um, cropping up from New York to Dubai to Paris. They're saying, look, we love what you're doing. Um, the gig economy is on the up in, in developing markets like you know, Asia and LATAM. Mm -hmm. And you guys are doing a fintech for that market in Africa. We see your vision. We, are, we like the pair of you. We like the team you've assembled. We like the partnerships you have. So we met some really cool guys who actually um, are going to support us a lot in our growth. Um, introductions to other investors for our future fundraising. Um, our existing investor, 1013, has also come back on this round. So we are always excited. They backed us from the very early days um, and super excited to continue to work with them as well. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a good process. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it started late last year and should be concluding now. Um, and yeah, always happy to help other entrepreneurs who are looking to do this. It may seem easy, but it's not. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, and that's why I said it's it's great to have a a co-founder where you can bounce it and you know dissect that investor decision or that investor feedback. It actually also helps shape your business better, right? When investors ask some critical, yeah. uh, constructive criticism questions, you actually go back to the team and say, "Hey guys, yeah. have you thought about that and that? Or should we tweak this, tweak that, tweak that?" Um, so yeah, it's always an enlightening process. Um, however, Sami and I more operators. Um, we love building businesses and scaling them out. Sami has done that many times. Um, so yeah, fundraising for us is typically these periods and then we get back to work, then we start it again. Um, it will continue, of course, to change as we grow. Fundraising is becoming a full-time job. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'll keep an eye out. I'm excited to hear the announcement. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast. It was amazing having you on. I know we've, this has been a long time coming. I'm glad we finally did it. Where's the best place for listeners to reach you and if they want to get in contact? Yeah, I think LinkedIn. 
Um, yeah, LinkedIn, I think, adding Tatenda Furusa and, and uh, Olua Sami. Uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, if, we're, if you're in Nairobi, Lagos, Ibadan, Joburg, we've offices there. Stop by, come by for coffee um, if we're around. Fantastic. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.